Eagles Entertainment. With the 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and we are here for the final day of action in Indianapolis for the 2023 National Scouting Combine. The offensive line and the running backs, they just finished their on-field testing and their position drills, and we are here to break it all down. We're going to start things off in Draft Buzz, where Gabriella Giovanni and I are going to break down what we saw from the positional workout and from the athletic testing portion. We've got some freak show numbers to share, but also who stood out in the positional drills. Ella and I are going to do that one more time time here from Indianapolis as we break down what happened between the offensive linemen and the running backs. After that, we catch up with Greg Cosell for Mr. Relevant. Greg and I, we're going to talk through some of the skill position players that have caught his eye during the course of his film study in the, re- in the last couple of weeks. We're going to talk through some running backs, some wide receivers, some of the guys we've seen take the field these last couple of days. It was an interview that we took that took place a couple of days ago before the workouts, but always love to get the insight from the one and only Greg Cosell. We'll do that at the end of the show. As always, make sure you head on over to our Apple podcast page, leave us a rating, leave us a comment, leave us a mock draft, leave us position rankings, whatever you want us to break down. We will answer it. We will respond to it in an upcoming episode in a draft mailbag segment. That said, let's get things started. Our final draft buzz from Indy. It's time to welcome in Ella for draft buzz. Now it's time for draft buzz. All right, Ella, one more, one final time. Ooh, we you're, made it. You made it. You made it. You made it through <laughs> your first combine. It's got to feel, uh, it's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, it does feel pretty good. I'm excited to kind of dig into all of this when we get back to Philly as Fran, as I told you right before we started recording, there's just seven weeks until the draft. I, I, I'm upset with you that you told that to me <laughs> uh, because that, that the clock is ticking yeah. as we get closer and closer. Uh, and there's a lot that has to happen before we even yes, get there. Obviously yes. free agency just days away at this point uh, as the new league year is upon us in the NFL. That's it. Let's get into what we saw uh, here on the turf at Lucas Oil Stadium. We will start uh, with offensive line group one. That is group 10 here, uh, if you were keeping track at home. Offensive line group one. It was a good group. Yeah. There, was a, there were some good numbers. Let's get into some of the numbers that stood out. Really, the guy that stole the show with this group was Blake Freeland, who uh, was explosive in every sense of the word. He's the left tackle from BYU. He has started a bunch of games for the Cougars. Uh, jumped out of the gym. 120-inch broad, broad jump. That's 10 feet flat uh, from a standing position. Just ridiculous for a guy who's 300-plus pounds. Yeah. And his 37-inch vert was the best vertical jump by any combine offensive lineman since at least 2006. And probably further than that. Uh, There have been some guys that have jumped higher in the pro day that have been drafted, Ella, but uh, 37-inch vert, just insane uh, for Blake Freeland. That showed up with his 10-yard split in the 40-yard dash as well. Freeland didn't have the fastest 40, but he did have the fastest 10, which, mm-hmm. uh, again, kind of speaks to his explosiveness. Yeah, he he put together a pretty good workout. He started off yeah. pretty strong. Um the offensive line workout, what I learned today from watching for the first time in person, is that it's not going to look every every exercise I should say is not going to look good on every offensive lineman right. because they have different skill sets yep. depending on what position they've played across the line. Some of the guys who have had versatility in college, they kind of have an advantage mm. in a sense of yes. they can adjust very quickly. So I had to adjust myself in what I'm viewing and how I'm taking in what they're doing because it wasn't every exercise wasn't going to fit every mold of body out there. Yeah, they tried to do some, you know, a lot of these drills they'll try and do from the left and right side. And so, mm-hmm. you know, look, all these guys, you know, if you are a left tackle your entire career, um, you know, you're going to be doing right tackle training over the last few weeks, but 
It's only been a few weeks. So, right. And so some of those guys are a little bit clunkier. Some guys have outstanding hip flexibility mm-hmm. and uh, lower body mobility and the ability to cha- change directions where some guys are just better uh, in a straight line. And yes. so some of these drills, uh, really all of these drills are meant to put stress on your body and some better, some are better than that than others. Uh, but you'll see some of these guys are really, really good getting out of lateral cuts or making a 180 degree cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys have outstanding twitch or other guys have outstanding straight line explosiveness. So uh, that showed up a number of times. Real quick, before we get into the positional workout, one other guy I wanted to give some love to. Um, you know, there's a number and, and everybody should be following Josh Norris uh, over at Underdog Fantasy. He does a great job breaking down all these numbers, but um, he put out a piece last week leading into the trip to Indianapolis about uh, one important number to watch for offensive linemen is they short shuttle. And he set uh, the kind of the uh, the marker there at, in terms of the, the number you're trying to beat and, uh, you know, at that drill. And if basically if you hit that mark, you're kind of guaranteed to like have a really good shot at being an NFL starter. And one guy who did hit that mark, John Gaines the second from UCLA, a four four seven in the uh, in the short shuttle. Um, the the number that you want to hit is four four seven on the nose. And so uh, John Gaines the uh, second was able to hit that from UCLA. I thought he had a pretty good positional workout as well. He's a guy who's played four out of five offensive line positions. So that versatility, that athleticism, uh, that right away screams. Like this guy at fl- at his floor can be a swing backup on the interior. So that's a, a that was a really good test number for John Gaines the second from UCLA. That said, let's get into the position drills. Let's uh, do it. So you and I uh, we went through and we, after we after we watched everything, and we both were able to kind of separate uh, our thoughts into two buckets. One uh, and you and I, we both saw three players at the top the same way. Uh, they they made the top five for both of us. First up was Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. Yep. Uh, this is a guy that um, showed some athleticism, obviously, was really, really smooth in a lot of these drills. Uh, what did you see from the Syracuse left tackle? He was really smooth. Uh, he he exemplified more of an athlete to me um, in terms of just his quickness, his speed, the way he could finish. I looked forward to every time it was his turn because he was going to give you something that I felt like we weren't getting consistently from other players uh, with some of his explosiveness. Um, but but one thing I really took away from him was during the pass rush drills, yep. which I believe, was that the one that Stout was That was, was Jeff on? Stoutland, yep. So Eagles offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland, he was leading that group. I mean, you could hear his voice reverberating through mm. the stadium, yes. but which is no surprise to us, those familiar with Jeff Stoutland, but in that moment, Bergeron is having a really great workout. The pass rush drill, he had a little bit of trouble. Stout made him come back. He gave him all these um, kind of tips to do it again. His second go at it was phenomenal, Mm. and to me, that showed that that kid is coachable. He took that information on the spot in a high-stress situation, processed it, went back, did it again, and it was excellent. So I think there was a lot to learn from Matthew Bergeron today, and he'll probably have a pretty good pro day as well. Yeah, I loved that drill. And these guys were put in a position to fail that drill. Yes, a lot yes. of guys did not do great it at tough. it, especially the first run through. They did do it twice, once from the right mm-hmm. side and once from the left. Basically what they did, um, there were two uh, two coaches, two scouts, holding bags in front of them, and you started your vertical set, you punched one bag, you had to redirect inside, punch a second bag, and then violently kick step three times. It was, it was emphasized three, three times, three kicks, and a lot of guys really had had trouble with that third kick. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're putting a lot of stress in your body, just really trying to activate those muscles in your lower half and make sure that you get a lot of depth. Some guys only did one kick and turned and turned their hips and ran. Some guys did two kicks and flipped their hips and ran. Um, but when you're able to hit that third
third one, uh, Stott was pretty happy. And yeah, so, and if you um, didn't hit the third, you he was, heard from he him. Was letting, <laughs> he was letting you know about it. Uh, so, but you know, in the first round, the first go around, he had guys come back and do it again. Uh, Bergeron was one of those players. Um, but overall, I thought Bergeron was really, really smooth. I, I wrote down a, f- a handful of times, um, just a really sound rep uh, overall from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy that really stood out to us, both in this drill and just throughout the course of the workout, Ohio State left tackle Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, you and I both were in agreement, uh, one of the better workouts from this offensive line group. He looked like a professional doing some of these reps, uh, just so fast. There was a, some clunkiness in the beginning of the workout to his feet, but yep, then it, notes, yeah. it, it really improved after that. Uh, he showed that burst, a bit of a flawlessness in the pass rush drills for him. Now where you really saw him um, come alive and show who he is, great note. is um, in the screen drill. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, where he hit that bag and when he hit it, you could hear the pop on the bag. Yep. It wasn't just the pop, it was in the release, how he was able to release the bag, take off running in the opposite direction. That's where you kind of saw that he's a people mover and that's what you want to see from an offensive tackle. And that's the thing is that, you know, these these coaches, they've got, uh, they go through the drill, they teach the drill and at home you can hear it, right? And obviously we're in the state and we're, we're sitting there and you could hear the, the coach kind of go through what the coaching points are. And there are, in each of these drills, you know, three, four, five coaching points. And so that helps us at home say like, okay, let's, let's check each let's of these this. boxes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not everybody is going to be able to check every single box on each. You only get, you only get one crack at it, right? And so, mm-hmm. Uh, I thought what we saw from Paris Johnson on those drills was, uh, you know, the, the violence on the back. Hey, we want a really violent throwback, and then we want you to t- uh, turn this corner really, really tight, and then you want to accelerate and get through the finish, right? Uh, and Paris Johnson, I thought, finished the drill really, really well. He did a great job on Stoutland's uh, pass rush drills mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought overall Paris Johnson had a really strong yeah. workout. So uh, one final player, this guy a little bit under the radar coming into this week. He's not a guy that I have studied on film, but I thought Earl Bostic, the tackle mm-hmm. from Kansas. Uh, this is a guy that's played both left tackle and right tackle. He actually arrived on campus and started four or five games in his career, uh, to start his career as a true freshman as a tight end. So he's got some athleticism to him. That athleticism did show up uh, in this uh, in this workout. I think that happens frequently with offensive linemen. They're um recruited as tight ends yep. and then they they you know they get to college and they see coaches and a staff sees hmm, we have a frame that we could actually work with and put weight on let's make you an offensive lineman and it, it ends up working out for those types of players because they have a natural athleticism they were recruited to be uh more you know obviously more like a receiver type yeah. than, than, a, than a blocker um but he had great footwork that was a big thing i noted about him um, the mirror nice, drill was great yeah nice flip of the hips really quick strong he stays low which i i thought was nice uh, some of these guys that they're i mean they're big right yep. so it's it's not always easy to to drop down low and, and create speed when you move laterally and he was able to do that even that last drill the screen uh he fell but he the fell way down, he was able yep. to finish yep. i think was impressive that's the thing is sometimes you, you it's the, the the peripheral stuff. So um, one thing I noted about Bergeron was how fast he ran to the mm-hmm. start of every drill, mm-hmm. and he came in full speed and was able to break down and like get into his stance so, so fast, fast and so easy. Uh, and things like yeah, like we saw uh, Earl Bostic fall. How fast he was able to get up and it's go. Impressive. Like I just showed, like this guy's really really athletic. Now um, I mentioned that you and I both had top fives coming out mm-hmm. of this drill. We or coming out of that workout. 
Bergeron, Johnson, and Bostic were each in our top five, but we differed on two of the five. So yes. I will let you pick one of your final two, Emil Echior, the uh, the guard from Alabama, mm-hmm. and Anthony Bradford uh, from LSU. So uh, d- dipping into the SEC a little bit here, uh, yeah. who did you like best from Echior and Bradford, or who do you want to break down here? I don't know if it's which one I like best, but I want to break down Echior because I didn't go into it with him circled on my sheet to, to really watch and nothing against him. There are just a lot of bigger names in this group um, that you kind of were, were putting your attention on at first until you realize, Oh, this kid's having a really good day. He's very athletic. Um, he's all those pull uh, drills. He was very smooth. Um, violent hands is what, I really noticed similar Paris Johnson in terms of the pop off the bag, very powerful. I think you saw his power come up in a number of different ways, just violent, great change of direction. Um, you saw his speed, but also similar to what you just said about Bergeron, you saw his speed in terms of how he was able to control his speed, how to slow down, how to speed up uh, when necessary. He had a great sense of his acceleration on the field. I thought he did a good job tonight. So I want to go to the SEC as well uh, for mine. So my two names that were different from yours were uh, Jovan Gwynn and interior mm-hmm. lineman from South Carolina, and Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. Some view as a potential first-round pick. I thought Harrison had a really good workout, um, but for me, Jovan Gwynn, he was a guy I almost actually had in that first year. I, he honestly <clears throat> may have been my most impressive player uh, overall over the course of the workout. He was uh, one of the, the smoothest athletes from the group. Uh, you mentioned like the guys that are able to kind of like sink their hips low going into some of those lateral cuts. You really saw uh, his ease of movement in a lot of those drills. I thought his feet were really, really clean in the mirror drill, in the wave drill. Um, he, was, he did a really nice job in the pass rush drops uh, with Coach Stoutland. He did a great job in the screen drill. Uh, Jovan Gwynn, like Bostic, not a guy I studied coming into the week. So I did not know much about him other than like his profile. I didn't know like the physical skill set. He's got to be on the near the top of my list of like, yeah, I need to watch him ASAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jovan Gwynn was a, a really, really impressive performer with that offensive line group number one. Now let's go to offensive line group number two. We'll finish up in the trenches here. Um, similar kind of thing, I feel like, right? We, we, we both kind of agreed that uh, there was like a top four from this group mm-hmm. and we agreed on two of the four. And we disagreed on our other two. So we'll do the, We'll take the same kind of template here. The first one, though, that you and I were in complete agreement, I think you, it was at the top of your list. He was at the top of my list. Uh, Darnell Wright, yeah. the, the right That's tackle from Tennessee. Right there. Yeah, Darnell Wright, I thought, had a really strong workout. He looked really, really good from, start, uh, from the start all the way up through the finish. Yeah, sorry, I'm flipping through my notes. Um, I have so many notes to go through, Fran, it's terrifying. Yeah, well, I will say real quick while you find your spot, mm-hmm. um, whenever you bring up Darnell Wright to people, the first thing they say, did you watch him against Will Anderson? Did you watch him against Will Anderson? Um, he uh, that, that, that game against a potential top five pick uh, is really what stands out in the minds of evaluators. Well, and I think this whole idea of evaluating offensive linemen, I was thinking about this today while I was watching them, they require even more film study, and it, it can't just be on what, they do in these drills necessarily. You right. can take traits from them, but like we said in the beginning, it is it is difficult to evaluate them in these in these drills. And I think when you see them going head to head, especially someone like Darnell Wright going against someone like Will Anderson, that's more telling than anything. Of course, that's important at any position, but how can they play a variety of positions across the offensive line I think is important, especially because this is such a a developmental Mm. uh, position in a lot of ways. You think of some guys that were drafted to the Eagles that sat for a long time as they developed like a Jordan Mailata until they got their shot. So 
you, it requires a, a full body of work to really look at and really hone in on the traits and the body type that can hopefully translate to the NFL. I just wanted to say That's that because I thought that was, that came across my mind as we were watching them today. But in terms of Darnell, Darnell Wright, uh, a lot of cheers I noticed for him. This was more of he a, a animated group. He had a family gathering But even well. amongst the guys, oh, that's true. he would yeah, do some things that warranted yep. a, ch- a cheer, which I thought was interesting. I felt like they were kind of watching him and learning from his reps, but he was just very sharp. Everything he did was sharp and precise. Such strength from Darnell Wright, I thought. Um, in the pass rush drill, I thought he performed very well. There was a little bit of guessing in the mirror drill for yep, him. I, I gave him a B on that one. Yep. Yeah, but then he came back in that screen drill, and he was hey. basically flawless. Yeah, he, he, I thought, was just really comfortable. The ease of movement was present um, from start to finish. I thought Darnell Wright had a really good workout. Another guy uh, that was made our both of our top four, uh, and this is another player kind of under the radar here. Um, I, I had not studied him. Uh, Eastern Michigan offensive mm-hmm. lineman City So um, he was on was, he was on Ross Tucker's list at the end of the season uh, I asked Ross he said who were the best players you saw in person uh, here this season and one of those guys was City So uh, for Ross Tucker's right spot, spotting it. out the uh, the diamonds in the rough from Ypsilanti Michigan uh, City So what did you see from City. Yeah, feet quickness was the first thing for sure. Um, another guy with a lot of sharpness, a lot of power, um, but he was able to find a way to control his power. Mm. He, he very clearly um, was a bigger guy, but I think he was aware of his disruption and his violence, and he and he found ways to kind of reel it in when necessary and really pack the punch when it was important. Um, Again, impressive, especially based on the competition that he faces in college. It's a completely different profile than a Darnell Wright, but he was right there up there with him performing just as well. Yeah, that's the thing is that, you know, to your point, he is uh, he's a little bit limited from like the explosiveness uh, category. I have to look at, at his explosive numbers, but just kind of watching him go through drills. Uh, you know, he's a little bit more tempered, uh, a little bit more measured um, than some of the other guys. But I thought everything was efficient and everything was clean. Um, and for a bigger guy, like I thought he was really efficient with everything that he did. So I did like uh, City Sal's workout. Now, we disagreed mm-hmm. on uh, a couple players here. So not disagreed, but necessarily had, had some guys Same. ranked higher sure. uh, than others. So um, Luke Whipler, the mm-hmm. center from Ohio State, and Tishon Manning. I actually really liked Manning as well. Yeah, he, uh, he made your top four. Um, he was just outside my top four. I actually had him at number five. So uh, t- tell us about either Luke Whipler from Ohio State or Tishon Manning from Kentucky. Again, I thought Manning had a really good workout. Well, if I go Whipler, I look like a homer. True. So especially since you've already uh, sung the praises of I know. Paris Johnson. So I feel like I need to, you know, put the journalism degree to good use that I actually <laughs> got at Ohio State and not be a homer. Whipler you know, did, Whipler they, they did have, a, I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to find your Manning notes and tell you, Whipler did have a nice <laughs> workout. Um, you know, he's a, I, he's actually, he might be one of the, like the three or four underclassmen I have not studied yet. Um, and he, I thought that he was really impressive. I'm excited to uh, get back to Philly and uh, do a little bit more work on him. Okay. So for Manning uh, from Kentucky, I, I kept writing motor 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 and I think that paints a good picture of what he was putting out on the field heavy hands really really strong I thought he had an excellent release in that screen drill and you would see his power come up time in and time out again um I just was impressed with him overall like the performance as a as a whole was I would say the most one of the most complete performances Mm. of some of these guys yeah, I, I actually really struggled narrowing down uh, for the, to get to my top five. And to having Manning not on my top four uh, was kind of surprising uh, mm-hmm. at the end of it. But um, these two guys, I just had to put ahead of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, I thought had a really strong workout. And Cody Mock uh, from mm-hmm. North Dakota State also had a really strong one. 
trying to pick between the two, even just like kind of looking at my notes while you were just talking about Manning. I think I'm going to go Skaronsky. Okay. Um, he, he, I thought he was really strong. He had, he slipped once on the very fur on the wave drill, and it was like a one slight slip. Um, but outside of that, everything else was really good. Uh, I, I thought he did a really nice job on the pass rush drops with Coach Stoutland. Um, the mirror drill, he was really good. All of the pulls, he looked really good. His athleticism shows up on tape. That is not a question mark mm-hmm. uh, whatsoever with Peter Peter Skaronsky. It's not with Cody Malk either. Um, but both guys, I thought, looked really, really fluid. Skaronsky, just a little bit of an edge, in my opinion. Skaronsky is always going to give you that clean technique. Yep. That he is a technician. He's It's going to be clean. Um, I think what you want to see more from him is how violent can he be? How much of a disruptor can he be? Can he find that burst? Because everything was clean. Everything looked good. It looked nice. Um, and it was very strong and sound. But can we get just like a little bit more, mm. I think is what I'm going to be interested to see from Peter Skronsky moving forward. <clears throat> well, let's move to the third group and the final group of the day, the final group of the week. And that was the running backs. And real quick, we'll just touch touch on some test scores here that stood out. Uh, Devin A. Chain, we expected he was going to uh, burn up the track, and he did. He ran four three two. That was the best of all the running backs. Uh, extremely explosive. That showed up in the position workout as well as we will get to. Uh, Jameer Gibbs also broke four uh, four. The Alabama star four three six in the forty yard dash. Outstanding number there for Jameer Gibbs, who had a great workout. Keaton Mitchell, uh, he was a guy I highlighted in my preview piece for the running backs. I expected him to run well based off film study. He's got a track back. Background as well. He went four three seven. So uh, three guys that we expected to run well ran well. Uh, so that was always good to see. One other player I wanted to point out from a testing standpoint: Chase Brown, extremely mm-hmm. explosive, extremely powerful, and it's something uh, you know you can see when you body type these guys is looking at their lower half, looking at their butt, and how how big uh, their lower half is. Chase Brown, uh, he's he's got he's working with plenty down there, yeah. uh, and that showed up in the testing portion of the workout. 127 inches in the broad jump, 40 inches in the vert. Both of those outstanding numbers, especially for a back who's pushing 220 pounds. So. Uh, uh, Chase Brown, extremely explosive, powerful. You see that on contact uh, on film. That showed up in the athletic testing portion. So those were the test numbers that stood out. But let's get into uh, the workout. Because you and I, we were sitting and watching. I was like, this is a really this good is workout. Really going All well. of these guys are doing a really good job. How are we going to rank, rank these guys? I, was, the I the was waiting for it to start to separate. And there wasn't much... Honestly, like, so the way I said, as we were watching, I was like, all right, like we're in order to do this, like we can't just do buckets. Like we have to stack them. We have to say number one, number two, number three. And I broke my own rule to like start it off. I I, I looked at you. I said, I don't like this idea. (laughs) I have a one A and a one B. I thought these two guys were just slightly ahead of the competition. B. John Robinson. Yes. Excellent. From Texas. uh, Likely first round pick. Mm -hmm. Kenny McIntosh from Georgia was Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. in the workout. I thought he was really, really good. He actually was also, uh, while we're talking about the uh, the explosive numbers, he had the fastest 10-yard split Mm. of any of these running backs. So the explosiveness showing up there with McIntosh. I'll let you take Bijan. I'll go McIntosh. Okay. Bijan Robinson. I mean, he's the one that all eyes were going to be on how he performs. And uh, I think he did exactly what he set out to do. He crushed it. He tore it up. Um, some of his cuts, Fran, to see them in person. It's one thing to watch them on film, watch them during a game. To see them in person, you just have get a sense of how skilled he For really is. For a big back. Like- For he he measured in at 5'11", 215, which he ran a four four seven. Which when you're two fifteen, yep, that's uh, that's pretty fast. I'd and say. to make some of those cuts that you were mentioning, like at his high speed, like we saw that on these opening yes. drills, they did like the off tackle read, the blast read, um, and he you, you could see him kind of navigate through those bags at high speed with such ease of movement without breaking a stride. 
He's really impressive. He's so fluid, like in and out of breaks and big finishes. He, the I, at least the first, I, I stopped. Um, you said watching. it after the second or third, because I, I remember when you said it. Uh, I'll let you finish. You, it was definitely a little bit later in the drill, too. Okay, so he would finish every single rep in the end zone. Yes. So even if the rep ended at, I don't know, the 40-yard yep. line, he, was he took it, it house, all yeah. the way to the house every single time. He is so disciplined. He is so locked in. Uh, I just thought that that was interesting to watch, even when you consider the people in the building that are mm. having eyes on him to see the type of work ethic that he puts into this workout. I mean, he's making beautiful catches when they were running some of those routes. Really, yep. like, like we said, the way he can control his speed Fast speed. He's fast. Yep. W- was incredible to watch. Uh, great, great recovery. He had one little slip up. He recovered well. Just an all around good night for Bijan Robinson. Yeah. B- uh, Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really stood out. Uh, for me, uh, like Kenny McIntosh was yeah. right there with him, neck yeah. and neck. I mean, yeah. uh, those, those, basically what they did, they did uh, three run drills. All right. Mm-hmm. They did the off tackle read, the blast read, and then the, uh, the Deuce Staley drill, which a lot of these guys really struggled. tripped up on some of these. They struggled with, uh, with that drill a bit. Um, but Bijan and Kenny uh, had no issues uh, with that drill. Kenny McIntosh, from Georgia, one-year starter, a true senior um, who had a, a career year this year for the Bulldogs as both a runner and as a pass catcher. He caught the ball. I wrote down comfortable, easy, so many times, soft hands. Um, it was really, really comfortable catching the football, all areas of the field. Uh, I, I, there was one route, though. I think it was one of the option routes, uh, where he it was a little bit clunky, but everything else looked really, Effortless. really smooth. Um, I, I thought that McIntosh deserved to be mm-hmm. discussed as the mm-hmm. potentially the best workout. Now, uh, there's another group here of four that you and I agreed, like, okay, our top six, we agree, our top six were the same. Yes. The next group of four, and I'll let you pick one of these four. Okay. All right. Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, who already, he ran the 4-3-6 and then had a great workout. Yes. Deuce Vaughn uh, from Kansas State, the uh, who's going to get all kind of comparisons to, to Darren Sproles because yes. he is very small. I really um, said looks like a little bullet. Yes, that's what he looks like. He had a great workout. Great. Workout. He honestly, you know what he reminded me? Of? He reminded me of Travis Hodges Tomlinson the other night. Mm, yes, uh, from yes, TCU, yes, yes. He is so small and compact, but everything was mm-hmm. so smooth. Um, so Deuce Vaughn, Tank Bigsby from Auburn, mm-hmm. and Devin A. Chain from A and M. Let's talk through those four. All right, I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs to start. Yeah, Gibbs uh, was great. I was really interested to watch him too. I think would add another layer to this is after talking to some of these guys during the week, I spent a lot of time at his podium Then I wanted to kind of see based on what he was saying, what he put on the field, he blew me away. He's another one in person. When you watch his blazing speed and his, his fluidity on the field, it, it is even more remarkable in person. Um, again, I had similar to Bijan Robinson, his cuts made at a high speed. He looked like lightning, just very sharp. Um, he tripped on one of the bags on the yep, juice silly drill, silly but drill got him. a yep. lot of, a lot of them did. Um, I just kept writing silky fluid, smooth fluid. It's the same words over and over again. I don't know how else to illustrate the way he moves, Yep. But silky smooth is all I got. He dropped the wheel route at the end. Uh, that was it. So, and that was so like that was the thing. Like that, and so, the okay. route was so good. Yeah, so that was the that was it. it was like, okay, uh that is a separator. And again, we're like we're we're picking mitts here, right? It's like yes. uh, you had Bijan and McIntosh and and uh and Gibbs were right there neck and neck the entire time, and then he dropped the wheel route at the end. It's like, oh, all right. 
That's easy. Now yeah. I put him at number three. Um, so uh, Jameer Gibbs, definitely deserving. I mentioned Deuce Vaughn. Um, I was really excited to watch Tank Bigsby work out, Same. and he did not disappoint. It was, I thought he was really smooth, especially considering the violence and the contact balance that he shows as a runner on film. Uh, this is a guy, I think I said this stat earlier on the podcast um, earlier this week, uh, 77% of his stats, uh, or 77% of his yardage comes after contact, uh, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so for a guy to look that smooth as he did, um, he wasn't as explosive as Gibbs or as Vaughn or as Bijan, right? But I thought that overall, uh, a really good workout from Bigsby. <clears throat> A-Chain had maybe the high, like, mm. he had great flashes, yes. but he also had, like, some drills where he was just, like, not as good either, right? Like, he um, he ran into one of the bags in the very first drill. Uh, the one of the routes was just a lot clunkier than everybody else, right? But everything was really fast. Everything was really sharp. He and Gibbs both did wide receiver drills afterwards uh, yes. as well. That was notable uh, to point out as well. Yeah, and I think similar to some other positions, running back is a what does your team need? Mm. Because maybe your team needs a tank big big speed. Maybe they don't need explosion in certain areas. Right. Right. So I think that's what's that's what makes a running back position super cool. It's it's what do you need? And there's going to be a team that needs a Tank Bigsby, and it's going to work out really well for them. There's going to be a team that needs a Bijan Robinson or a Kenny McIntosh or all these guys bring something different. You could kind of tell when you match them up. They all did the drills just a little bit differently. Similarly to the offensive linemen, there's going to be some drills that fit body types differently. There, there's there's some players who thrive in both the pass and the run game, and there's some that are just heavy runners downhill. There's some yep. that can move well laterally. It's Again, it's it's a need. What does your team need? And I think there's a lot of great options when it comes to the running back group this year. Alright, so that was the second bucket uh, to round out our top eight real fast. Um, you and I had differing names here on the mm-hmm. back end of this group. So uh, you had Eric Gray from Oklahoma yes. and Roshan Johnson, B. Yes. John Robinson's backup from Texas. I'm secretly hoping opening you're going to talk about Roshan because I did think he had a good workout mm-hmm. but I'll let you pick between Gray and Roshan the two big 12 backs I was going to go with Roshan because I thought he had a great workout and I think there's a lot to unlock there uh sitting behind Bijan Robinson of course he had success at Texas but he wasn't the featured back like yeah. Bijan Robinson was and from what we saw tonight there's so much there there's so much that a team can to, can get from Roshan Johnson that um I think he has a very high ceiling because of that uh simply just because he wasn't getting the ball as much. You just didn't see what maybe he he could offer. But um, let's see what I have here. He did. He was another one. Hit the bag once in the Deuce Staley. Yep. But all of the reps after that were just consistently good. How about um, the catch downfield and the wheel I, route? I wrote made a nice play. Yeah, really, that was really nice. that was impressive. And I I like seeing seeing guys make hard plays. Like they're not always going to get a perfect ball. They're not yep. working with quarterbacks. They work with. All the time, but when you see them kind of put their body on the line and make a play in this type of situation, it tells a lot about the toughness of the kid. Yeah, Roshan, uh, really, really impressive. Uh, the, the quick background on him uh, came to Texas as a quarterback, was in summer camp as a quarterback. They had injuries at running back, so they they slid him back there, and he actually played as a true freshman running back. Uh, and then a guy named Bijan Robinson came in the next offseason, and he took a back seat, but was still a consistent part of the offense. Um, generates a ton of yards after contact as well. Uh, this is a big physical, physically intimidating running back, uh, catches the ball really smooth like we talked about, and then also a really consistent force on special teams. I asked him uh, yesterday, what's your favorite position on special teams? And he loves kickoff coverage. Um, Mm. So that kind of speaks to him as well. Um, My two backs that I had on the back end of this, Tajay Spears from Mm -hmm. Tulane Mm -hmm. uh, and Daenerik Prince from, uh, from Tulsa, 
I'm going to do Prince. He, okay. Spears, and Spears had a uh, you know really great senior bowl week. I thought he had a good workout here. Um, but Prince kind of caught my eye. He, he gave me a little bit more juice and balance than I expected based off film study. Um, he was a little bit more uh, laterally fluid than I thought. There were a handful of reps where I was like, ooh, there, like, there's a little bit of juice there uh, that I was not necessarily expecting. I thought he caught the ball well. He had some nice routes. You and I both said, ooh, that was a nice sharp route, like on the Texas route, some of those option routes. Um, so Prince, uh, I'm going to go to Eric Prince. Kind of a high cut, like taller runner. Yes. Um, they, but uh, I, I, I was impressed with his workout. It was, it was a good group. It was a good group of running backs. And the final group uh, that we were able to, uh, able to see in person here, Ella, your first combine in the books, my 10th in the books. So I figured that out as we were uh, driving. Yeah, here we need a round of applause for that. Well, I mean, it's not that crazy. There are a lot of people that do a lot more, <laughs> that have covered a lot more combines, but um, 10, certainly no? a, a staple, uh, you know, in terms of uh, our coverage. And yeah. really appreciate uh, you joining me here this week. This was a lot of fun. It's been awesome. Thank you so much, friend. Well, we are, uh, we're going to obviously, we will be talking to you uh, in the coming weeks. We've got Eagles Draft Central. What is it, seven weeks away? Seven, seven weeks from Thursday. Oh, my gosh. So we will, uh, we'll be back later this week. <laughs> here on the Journey to the Draft podcast. But uh, don't go anywhere. We still have a little bit left here in this show. We've got Greg Cosell. It's time now for Mr. Relevant. It's time for Mr. Relevant. All right, joining us here for Mr. Relevant, my friend Greg Cosell. You can catch him every week here on the Journey to the Draft podcast. And Greg, usually we're doing our pick six. Well, we had uh, our pick six earlier uh, in the show. So Mr. Relevant this week, we're going to stay with our simple formula and talk through some skill position players with you. Uh, Three wide receivers, three running backs. The wide receivers worked out Saturday. The running backs are working out on Sunday. But let's start at wide out. One of the biggest names in this draft, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. Uh, Interesting to kind of get your thoughts on Smith and Jigba and what you saw from film study. Obviously, large, large, large majority uh, based off of last year, not yeah. the five catches from this And season. I went through that in detail. Yeah. So he, he, this year was really not that relevant. Yep. But 2021 was really his game. And he worked almost exclusively out of the slot in 2021. Uh, I think he's a really smooth, refined route runner. I mm. mean, to me, he looks like a receiver that knows how to attack corners, knows how to make them turn, knows how to get them off their spot, really good at the top of his route stem, great body quickness, great separation quickness, catches the ball. I wouldn't call him a burner. Yep. I didn't see him as a vertical threat. Um, I know he caught some vertical balls, but I don't really think he's that guy. But I think, to me... He would translate very well to the NFL early because, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's Cooper Cup, although I remember when Cooper Cup came out, you might remember, uh, when I watched him in Eastern Washington, I said he could roll out of bed and play in the slot. Right. And it turned out to be true. And people, people that's the thing, is that people like would, might hear that and say, oh, he's just a slot receiver. But that could be a high volume, highly efficient, or highly uh, effective in the NFL, player in the you, NFL. You can get 120 targets being a slot receiver. Right. And I think so would you say that about Jackson Smith and Jigba? That's not saying like, oh, this guy's not a, a third round pick. Yeah, right. No, and, and, and even with the the way teams line up formationally now with so many different looks, he can line up outside at times. Yep. I, I don't think he's a true outside receiver. Although theoretically, could he be a movement Z? Right. Yes, he could be. He's not a boundary X. Yeah. Um, but he worked, as I said, and you know this, you watched him as well, that he did work exclusively out of the slot in 2021, and I thought he was really, really impressive. I mean, uh, you know, he's just one of those guys you watch and you think of a refined NFL receiver. One guy uh, I wrote down while watching was Doug Baldwin. And it was that, you slightly know different body types, but I feel like he could be that kind. Baldwin was a, a good receiver on yeah. the first offense in Seattle, so it wasn't always the, the volume wasn't always there, but a very and a good really good route runner. Yeah, right. Really good route runner. You know, the more I talk to um, to, to – 
people who, let's say, train wide receivers. Like I've gotten a chance to know TJ Hushmanzada, and we've had some good talks about the receiver position. Yeah. And he's a great guy to talk to. Obviously, he was a very smart receiver. He had to be because he wasn't a burner, and he had a really good NFL career. Now right. he trains receivers. And he talks about releases, and he talks about in and out of breaks, top of the route stem. And I think Smith and Jigba fits that. Mm. I think he's really good at those two things, and I think those two things lead to success. He can separate. He's a really good separation generator at the top of his route stem. Yeah, well, the difference between Smith and Jigba and the second guy we're going to talk about might be that vertical speed, and that's Josh Downs yes. from North Carolina. Uh, primarily a slot guy uh, yep. throughout the course of his career, but a different kind of slot little, receiver. A little more juice. Yes. A little more juice. I like Josh Downs. I like him a lot. I, I think that he's another guy that could theoretically at times line up on the outside in the NFL. Not, he's not big, so he's not a true outside receiver. Yep. But depending on the offense he's in, I mean, you look at an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, the way they move receivers around, they don't have necessarily a type. Yep. You know, it's not like, oh, well, they're going to get a 6'2 guy who plays the boundary X, and they're going to get a 5'9 guy who's the movement Z. They move people all around. I think a lot more teams are going to do that. You're going to see that. And Josh Downs, He's got great quickness. He is a separation generator as well, but he also has vertical ability. Yeah. Um, I think Josh Downs is a really, really good prospect. I think to me, you know, what stood out, obviously, look, he's he's small. He's 5'10", no he's question. 170 pounds, soaking wet. I mean, that, that, that's going to be the big knock on him, but, um, you know, what stood out was it wasn't just about speed with him. Right. It wasn't just the ball tracking downfield. Like, he had that threat, but I like the way he changed uh, pacing throughout yep. the course of the route. He uses his eyes and shoulders very well. He's got really fast feet and understands how to chase up or change up his stride length to mess with DBs. So this is a guy that has a, a mental plan of attack as a route runner, and that showed up at a young age. And I think you hit on something that I think is often overlooked when evaluating receivers. You can't run every route at the same speed. Yep. And I think Josh Downs has a really good feel for pace and tempo of routes mm. and how that impacts coverage. Yep. And I think that's, you know, he's, he's pretty refined as well. And um, no, I, I really like him as a prospect. These are two guys that we've started with today, Smith, the Jigman, Josh Downs, that I think could step in and play early and be factors wherever they go. I honestly feel like the, the same way about Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. So do I. Uh, who's a, a third guy we're going to talk about here. Um, where Scott, I mean, he's again like 5'9", 185 pounds. He's a smaller receiver, but a really, really good vertical route runner. Uh, yes. And that changes the pacing up and all those things we just said about Downs. You see the same thing with Scott. And he's got pure speed. Yep. I mean, he... It would not surprise me, as we're talking about this on, on Friday here at the Combine, um, the receivers are not going to work until tomorrow. It would not surprise me if Scott runs, you know, a 4-3-2. Yep. He's one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's more than that. I think he does have a sense of how to run routes. I think he has a sense of how to use his vertical stem. I thought he had pretty good hands, too. I mean, he was not just one of those vertical guys, in my view. I don't know what your thought was, but I thought he was more than just a vertical guy, although he can run by people. I thought that was where he was best, but I think that he can be more than that for sure. So do I. I think that when you look at um, what he can do with the ball in his hands, yards after catch, yep. he's a former running back, yep. and I think that does show up at times um, with him with the ball I in I mean, his this hands. might come across as many uh, because he's not as well known, and maybe this is a controversial statement to some, but just based on tape study, I liked him more than Jalen Hyatt. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and Hyatt being talked about as a first-round right, pick. Right, right. Um, we can talk about Hyatt uh, down the road, but I think when you look at uh, those two guys, Downs and Scott, I think a lot of people will be quick to pigeonhole them as slot guys only because of their size, but right. their skill set makes them, they can be more than that. Right, and, and as we said, I think in today's NFL, where more and more teams use a lot more formation, versatility, and variation, I think that 
players move around. Yep. They're not just stuck in one spot. And I think that these guys can do more than one thing, more than being slots. Well, one thing you and I, you know, enjoy about this process is that prospects are <laughs> polarizing, right? Is that you know everyone's gonna right. have differing opinions. One player where there's not really differing opinions on, everybody seems to agree. Bijan Robinson, uh, yeah. extremely talented, yeah. extremely gifted. Um, now you can get into where that means he's gonna get drafted, but that's a separate conversation. Let's just talk about Bijan the player. Um, what, what have you seen from him on film the last two well, years? Well, you know what really struck me, and and I watched him in 2021 and 2022. And I liked him in 2021. Yeah. But I thought in 2022, he was significantly better. You, had, I, you had, did have some questions I coming did. into the year. Yeah, I, I did. Remember. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he was a bad player. Of course. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But, but not in terms of like slam dunk, you know, top 10. Right, yeah, I thought he was player. a good yeah. back. Right, yep. This year, watching his tape, and you know me, I don't usually, you know, gush because I've seen, I've been doing this a long time, and there's a lot of guys we gush about, and then, you know, they don't make it for You're whatever emotionless. reason. You're Right. <laughs> uh, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Stoic would yeah. be a better word. Stoic. <laughs> um, but um, that, that sounds more like a Greek philosopher, yeah, right, Stoic, exactly, you know. Yes. Um, but anyway, you know, I thought B. John Robinson's tape this year was tremendous. Yep. I thought his ability to, his lateral agility, I thought, improved dramatically. Mm. I thought his ability to work in confined space, reaccelerate. I, I was really, really impressed. For 220 impressed. pounds. Yes. Yeah, for and he back. didn't run like that. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people loved Saquon Barkley when he came out of Penn State. I think B. John Robinson is a better prospect than, than Saquon Barkley when mm. he came out of Penn State. Now, he's not going to get drafted second. We know that. Yeah. Just like you said, that's not relevant to the to discussion of what he is. Yeah, right. But I, I, I think he's a high-level prospect. Um, who knows where he gets drafted? But he's got subtle change of direction. He's got compact movement on a powerfully built frame. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you watch him and you lose sight of the fact that he's 220. Well, that's the thing is, like, you know, I want to ask you this. A lot of people, you'll see a lot of backs. Right. Big backs that run like small backs. Right. Small backs that run like big backs. Right. Big backs that run like big what is Bijan? Is he a big back that runs like a small back, or does he just do everything? Can I think he, he does every everything. Way? That's that's what makes him great. I think he does everything. Yeah. The thing that really stood out to me this year, which I didn't think he did as well last year, was his ability to make people miss in confined space. Yep. Um, there were a lot of plays this year where he had there was penetration into the backfield, and he needed to be lad, laterally agile in the backfield, mm. and he showed that. And then the key, one of the keys I look at, and I don't know. What, you know, we've discussed a lot of things, but I don't know what is sort of number one or number two on your traits list. Yeah. But I think in the NFL, to be a great back, you have to be able to work in confined space. You have to work to play through contact. You have, you have to play through contact and work in confined yep. space. However you do that, yep. you have to do that. Right. And I thought he was so much better at doing that this year than he was in 2021. If I remember right from doing my combine preview pieces, he led this draft class at the, in the combine in yards after contact per attempt. Uh, and and then, just goes, speaks to the way he plays. Exactly. And, and he did it in a, a, in a comfortable way. It wasn't yep. as if he was, like, running over people and you went, oh, my God, look how powerful. He did it in kind of a fluid, gliding, darting, smooth way. Yeah, again, at 220, to be able to execute, like, string together athletic yes, movements yes. Is, is really impressive. And, then, and he's uh, a we, great we, receiver. I was literally just going to say that. We yeah. haven't talked about the pass game value. No. Uh, it's not just, like, screens and checkdowns either. No. They lose them on vertical he, routes. He ran a, um, a bang eight that I recall, and I was watching with a guy in the office at NFL Films, and we kind of looked at each other and said, if you didn't know who that was, he looked like a wide receiver. That's big time. 
So, I mean, that, that's really impressive. Yep. So, to me, he's a really complete back. Again, who knows where he gets drafted, but I think he's easily the best running back prospect in this draft. All right, well, let's, uh, let's talk about some other backs here just to round this out. Uh, the next guy I want to go with is the, uh, the running back from Auburn, yeah. Tank Bigsby. Uh, this is a guy that jumped onto the scene as a true freshman, uh, was the SEC fresh, uh, Offensive Freshman of the Year, um, and has been a starter for three seasons now. What have you seen from Bigsby? Bigsby, to me, he's a fun watch. Yep. You know, he's a physical, tough, competitive runner. Big um, back who runs big. Big back who runs big. But I think he can, he's got some juice, too. He does. I mean, he doesn't have true explosive juice, but right. he's got a little more juice. Yeah. You know, he's not just a grinder. I'm excited to see how he tests on Sunday. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really like his tape. I th you know, obviously Auburn did not have a very good year this yeah. year overall. The line struggled a lot. And they had quarterback years. issues. Yeah, it right. didn't work out. Yep. And, and so, therefore, he didn't have the big numbers. Yep. But I think he's, I think he has NFL traits. Mm. He's he's physical. He's competitive. He gets hard yards. Yeah. And and I think that's for a back like that. And he's got good size. Yep. For a back like that, I think that's critical to get hard yards. And he does that. We talked about uh, um, Bijan's ability to create yards after right. contact. Seventy-seven percent of Bigsby's yards yeah. this year came after contact. Yeah, he's. I think he, now that's uh, part of that is a, uh, a you know. Talking about Auburn's offensive right, line, right, right, right. Any yards he was going to get, he had to create. He had to create, or else he was going right. to run for 280 I, yards this year. But I think he's also that kind of runner. In other yeah. words, I'm not saying he can't be shifty because I think he has some of that to his he does, game. Yeah. But I think that he's also a guy that is a has a take no prisoners attitude. Mm, he's like going that. to fight through contact and he's going to get hard yards. Yeah, you know, you, you've you've seen me enough uh, here on the uh, media floor at the combine. You know, I'm always asking players about players right, coming right, down the road. Right, right, right. Uh, after his freshman year, there were guys, I guess it was this from was Auburn. 20, from, yeah. no, from other teams. Oh, other teams. Who I would say, hey, who's the toughest guy you faced this year? Big... And there was Tank Bigsby, like the freshman running back at right, Auburn. Right, right, uh, right. So I think that kind of speaks to that, that yep. mentality that yep. he has always brought uh, as a runner. I'm, I'm a big fan of Bigsby. Let's go now to a, a much different body type. Deuce Vaughn, Kansas oh, State, yeah. uh, who's going to get lots of comparisons <coughs> because of his school and because of his size to former Eagle Darren, Darren Sproles. Sproles. Uh, how do you view Deuce Vaughn? Small, small back runs small, small back runs big. Uh, how do you kind of view uh, the, the way that he you know, plays the position? Well, I think that he's, in a sense, everything. The problem is because he is small, even though he runs hard and was their foundation back, so therefore he did run inside. I think he runs hard inside. He just is small. Yep. So he's not going to be a powerful runner. Yep. Certainly not at the next level. No. Um, 767 touches already on his body. I know. Uh, but he's an explosive runner. Yep. I mean, you saw that. We saw him run 80 yards for a touchdown against Alabama in the mm. bowl game. He's got that explosiveness to him. He is tough. He is physical. He's just small. But there's a place for him in the NFL. Good pass catcher. Yep. Uh, can be used in all different yep. kind of ways that way. I would so agree. That's, that's always going to bring value. Um, you talked about the big playability. He's an all-American, first-team All-American each of the past two seasons. Um, I think it's just about getting past that size. We talked about that earlier this week. It feels like in this class overall, there are a lot of guys. We're kind of you know the, the Bryce Youngs, the Kalaja Cansies. You know, you go down the list. And a ton of receivers. We just talked about two of them. Yeah, earlier, yeah. Right? There's a ton of receivers who are smaller. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fascinating draft class. A lot to talk about these next few weeks, Greg. No, I'm curious. Deuce Vaughn to me is a really intriguing guy. Yeah. Because I think he was used as a feature back. I mean, yeah. like you said, 767 carries, um, and he's got a in lot of ability. Years, like a 99 senior. Know. Like in three years, I he know. Had almost 800 carries. That's uh, a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. I should lot. say not 800 carries, 800 touches. Not not uh, as much as the not game. as much as the kid from Minnesota who's had about 5,000 carries yeah, in Minnesota. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Pull up his numbers real quick because I have it here. Yeah. Uh, he's probably close to a thousand carries. Close to 900. And yeah. Honestly, it was only because he got hurt last year. He I know. He played one game a year ago. He that's right. Seven 
the COVID year. So um, you know, he would he, have had over a thousand carries. Easy, easy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a, a lot of backs uh, to be excited about in the class. We'll be talking about them in the coming weeks with you, Greg. Thanks for joining us once again on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand. Great stuff there from Greg, and that'll do it for our coverage here in Indianapolis. The 2023 Scouting Combine is in the books. Again, we will be back later this week to kind of uh, put a ribbon on everything and transition to the next phase here of the pre-draft process. We're going to have pro days coming up soon. Obviously, the official visit window is going to start, so teams will be doing their top 30 visits with prospects. There'll be plenty of news to break down. We're going to do our position previews with Dane Brugler. We're going to have more mock drafts with Ben Fennel. We're going to continue to have guests as well every single week right here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.